Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boys Be Boys podcast. My name is still Jonah James Lemon and I am also still joined by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Ryan James Bothwell. I am Mr. Ryan James Bothwell. It's uh, nice to be on this again, Jonah. It is. It's been a while. We've had a little time away to think about what we want and we're ready to do this. We are clear and ready to go. And we're bringing a very oh, did we just uh we just we just clashed. You know what? It is what it is. You go it is first. What it is. I was going to say, so Jonah, what are we gonna talk about today? Well, today is a very exciting episode. Uh we put a lot of thought into what it should be, and we came to the conclusion that we should discuss bodybuilding, getting huge. Exactly. But more to the point of bodybuilding, we want to really talk about why we bodybuild and the sort of um, associations we might have with bodybuilding and, you know, masculinity, which is pretty much the point of this whole podcast. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's an exciting topic because we ourselves have at times, I mean, we're not massive, you know. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> My big boy. Um, but we, we at times have lifted the occasional dumbbell above our heads. Uh, or by our sides depending on which muscle we're working um and we've enjoyed it and maybe i actually wouldn't know quite why we have enjoyed it so much so this episode for me is quite interesting because maybe it'll give me an insight into my mind that i wouldn't have had previously yeah absolutely i actually had a really good time investigating this one as well um i thought there's a lot of kind of hidden history that i just hadn't really thought about too much before and it was really really good to dive into it yeah it's a pretty interesting topic um yeah well, without further ado, maybe we should actually start talking about what it is rather than uh, just that we're going to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bodybuilding itself, um, I mean, usually people would think normally of, you know, like lifting weights and getting big and strong. But there's a slight difference between what we might think of like bodybuilding and strong men. So quite literally, like bodybuilding is um, looking to increase the size of your muscles and it's building the body i guess yeah well it's quite literally yes building the body um you're looking to basically aesthetically improve your body and just get really really swole is the the aim of it isn't it and that's the thing right it's it's kind of just an aesthetic thing because with strong men their purpose is to become as strong as possible by any means necessary so you have these guys like eddie hall and the mountain from game of thrones i assume his name isn't actually the mountain uh, uh, well, I think you can't. We're we're trying to stick yeah. to the facts here, so <laughs> if you don't know <laughs> that for sure, then <laughs> yeah, no, he, he probably but yeah, is, is called the mountain. <laughs> yeah, and and they lift massive weights, and their entire goal is to basically lift more uh, by any means necessary. So they often have quite large bellies, yeah, uh, more fat deposits over their body. Whereas bodybuilders are just they basically try and look like the genetic blueprint, massive yeah. muscles. Um, but the thing is with bodybuilding, although often it's kind of made more mainstream nowadays, but these physiques can often be quite unnatural, not in a sense that they're always taking steroids, but it doesn't always make sense for a human body to pack on so much muscle because you lose things like flexibility. Uh, you weigh a lot more, of course, too, which can kind of hinder you in other ways. Do you need more um, calories? You use a lot more energy. It's yeah. Which from evolution point of view, wouldn't have made a lot of sense. You know, uh, we only have so much food to eat. So it's kind of a waste to put on this massive amounts of muscle uh, and then essentially use them to uh, rub sticks together to make fire. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's it. That's it. 
But seeing like the difference between those that train for strong men and those that train for like bodybuilding, like you mentioned like Eddie Hall, but you can see a massive difference if you compare people like Eddie Hall to like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like just oh yeah, Eddie Hall, you get the impression that he's very very like kind of serious and focused on on just kind of <laughs> pulling as much weight as he can. Yeah, he will do anything. Yeah. to just pull more weight. You have to respect it. I mean, you respect bodybuilding for other reasons, but yeah, with these strong men, they're a different breed. I mean, he looks like he would snap me in half like a twiglet. My yeah. crunchy, crunchy legs would stand no chance against yeah. his force. And that's their focus. Their focus is to to just lift more, to push more, to just be strong. But when you get to bodybuilding, um, I think what's interesting is like these guys go into the level sometimes is they'll they'll notice like one peck is bigger than the other so they will specifically target an exercise and target that peck for the next few weeks to try and get some symmetry on their body they are yeah. quite quite literally striving for that aesthetic uh, factor yeah and it's very much uh, isolation uh, yeah. movements you know so if it's a bicep day they'll be doing workouts that just work the biceps because i guess that's how you manage to develop stronger muscles and more importantly aesthetically bigger muscles is you work a small muscle group um to the point where you know burns out uh and then they grow back much bigger and that's the general underlying gist of how to get huge exactly but of course these guys are exercising um so it's probably good to understand the benefits of bodybuilding of course yeah yeah because it's not i mean we do it so it must be something in it right exactly well i mean it, you're it's health and fitness you are you're still doing something but yeah. according to like the research i was doing like it actually <laughs> can be quite good for you in terms of like lowering cancer risk and um, lowering heart disease was one of the big ones that i saw which um was interesting because the site like the actual scientific reason for doing that is just simply that you're increasing the sort of area in your body and the area that the bl- blood can flow to so you're actually relieving the pressure on your arteries, which is quite yeah. cool. Something I never and thought I'll, of. Yeah. And I also read that the, you know, when you work out and you lift massive weights, uh, as bodybuilders do, uh, you put your heart under a lot of stress. And so therefore it's more used to it. Uh, and you're less likely to have heart attacks or any heart problems in the future. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't take steroids, they will probably complicate things. So yeah. uh, we don't advocate that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, other things like you're, the stronger muscles you have then the less um kind of force and weight that your joints are holding as well so it's good for that and i guess overall if done for the right reasons it can be really good for your self-confidence and sort of mental health as well yeah and it's not it's not yeah and it's not just for youths either uh i actually read that um when you're old, one of the first things to go is often uh, you have massive amounts of muscle wastes because you don't use them much anymore. Um, and that can have uh, negative effects on your health. But when you, if you continue to lift weights and kind of maintain an amount of muscle through aging, when you're older, you're much healthier in lots of other ways. Um, both brain and heart health are improved by other people who manage to maintain muscle rather than lose it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, no other there's reasons behind this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The same stuff. Man, it's almost yeah. like we're doing a podcast together. I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and obviously, objectively, I think that uh, people like a muscly physique, you know, yeah. um, whether it's tree trunk arms or big well, broad shoulders. Well, we, that gets us into the sort of 
the motivations behind exercising. So you get. Oh, your, am I cutting a bit too ahead? I'm I sorry. think you're. I think you're cutting ahead. Yeah, there's. That, sorry. We'll, we'll cover that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we talked about the benefits. Um, so the actual hard physical benefits, and you raised great points yourself there. Like it can, it can help as you get older. It can help just with your overall health and just decreasing your risk of disease. It is exercise overall. Yeah, but I guess there could be some negatives to bodybuilding. With the good, there's always bad, and exactly. bodybuilding is no exception. Yang and yang, exactly. Tell me some of the cons, Ryan. Um, well, of course, we could start with addiction and obsession. So it can be <sighs> that you are so into actually lifting weights and so kind of into the idea of getting bigger that this is just something that you have to you have to do it's it's no longer a fun activity it's just fully in just getting getting hooked yeah you're obsessed with it it's kind of like your only drive is yeah. to go to the gym and lift weights and nothing else really matters and so that kind of costs social life um well pretty much every other aspect of one's normal life yeah. will be will be thrown away just to make sure the gym is uh is fit in it's the same as anything though like if you develop an addiction to anything like drugs gambling or drink like it's all about healthy kind of moderation and knowing your limits i think when it gets into like an obsessive behavior then that's when you start to ignore your body and ignore what you're actually capable of and ignore your other responsibilities and you know not to drop some chunky science in there but it's actually the same dopamine reward pathways uh in most addiction behaviors and it's no different for bodybuilding yeah. Um, and they're pretty powerful. Uh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, there's kind of a joke about gym lads and kind of they live for the gym. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, their brains kind of are wired to do that. So uh, don't judge them too hard. I guess uh, another negative, you kind of touched on it earlier, but um, steroid use. So it could be that that addiction leads on to steroid use, just that endless pursuit to get bigger and to, to achieve more. Um, or it could just be that maybe the peer group there kind of lifting with just gets them into it but it's can it can definitely be a negative with bodybuilding yeah i mean humans always want more right so you put a bit of muscle and you kind of get a little taste yeah. of the of the uh satisfaction there and then you kind of think well i want some more and then you get to a point where eventually naturally it's difficult to get much bigger uh, and so pop in come the steroids and yeah. uh they are a lot of things unfortunately one of them is good at building muscle yeah um but one thing i was actually couldn't find out online you know there's i don't know if it's a a meme or it's in cartoons but you always see when people inject steroids it's always in their butt do they <laughs> do it in their butt because um, i've never i don't know whether they, i could find out i i don't know uh i actually don't know for sure but i think the steroid game has changed in like the last 20 to 30 years like i think the typical steroids that we all kind of think of like maybe those butt injections um i don't think they're as common anymore i think there's more mm. like tablets and stuff that you take now but they have like different effects that's it's a different sort of kind of hormone and stuff that's just clarify clarify they don't they don't put them in their butt anymore well because <laughs> the appeal's lost for me if, if they don't I'm, <laughs> I'm, can't, I'm t- can't tell you for sure jonah <laughs> i actually do you know what's interesting though you know when you see the um like th- those that are actually competing in bodybuilding yeah. Like, I, I was really curious, like, how did they get to those physiques and stuff? Like, surely if you're pro- competing in a professional competition, the steroid use must be actually like regulated. It's actually but, not. Yeah, I found that. 
Yeah, it's not like uh, apparently. So I stole your point there. I completely you, just I jumped mean, in. That was my bombshell. I grabbed the point. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I just I wanted it. Give but me yeah, some. I mean, I, I I looked specifically at Mr. Olympia, and apparently, according to my research online, is that they do test some athletes quite randomly, um, maybe in like the lead up to the competition, but on during the actual competition, they do not, they, do, they don't even check for it at all. Yeah, I mean, you just know they're pumping their butts full of whatever behind the stage <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah no, that shocked me and i also found out that you know uh hollywood actors seem to kind of get into obscenely good shape very quickly for films yeah steroids all steroids i'm not gonna really? say all that's pretty that's a sweeping statement but in most cases yeah they take steroids wow. you know i'm not gonna name names uh but what i'm saying is some pretty uh well-known superhero actors have been known to take steroids in order to develop superhero-like bodies in you know a couple months time well well i mean i'm not actually surprised i feel like it's something that was done in the past like quite actively done by schwarzenegger and um sylvester stallone and stuff in the kind of 1970s and 1980s like action films yeah Um, so i mean i can't imagine hollywood's got any better at that the demand for kind of Good visuals. And I guess that's increased. kind of another um, con because you know you see these guys who have, I guess, pretty desirable physiques, and you think it's natural, and so you kind of you know work pretty hard to try and get that, yeah. but actually it's not really attainable because you're not taking steroids, and they are. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another negative which um, I actually found online, which, I mean, we'll go into more detail later on, but just to see a, st- a statistic like this was quite interesting, is that um, livehealthy.com said that um, professional and amateur bodybuilders are actually more likely to experience some psychosocial disorders than most other athletes. So it's the sport that actually does see the most kind of mental health issues um, with amongst their kind of participants. Yeah, and as, uh, as we go on later, that probably won't be surprising. No, of course, of course. But a sort of fact to talk about there is that um, apparently there was a research study in 2016 that said about 10% of gym goers actually experience body dysmorphia, which is pretty mad. Yeah, I mean, kind of mad, but also it makes sense. That adds up, you know, you'd kind of see that. Yeah, absolutely. We are really slamming bodybuilding, though. I mean, I actually kind of liked it. I'm put off now. I feel like yeah, we are going in pretty, (laughs) pretty hard. It's not awful. Yeah, it's not. It's not awful. We just, you know, (laughs) we're uh, here to dissect it. We are, and we're going to do that analytically. You know, good, the bad, the ugly. Sorry, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but at the end of the day, it's our podcast, not yours. So we can do about it. Back off, big man. Bench me. Doubt it. (laughs) Doubt it. Well. I think we have talked quite a lot about what bodybuilding is and I think um, we have done an excellent job <laughs> giving a synopsis of the subject for I our listeners. Agree. So I would propose that we take a quick break and then we come, back, we come back yeah. and tell them a little I'm bit gonna go, this fascinating I'm going to go pump some iron and uh, yeah. we'll be back real soon. couple of reps. Hello and we are back to talk to you a little bit more about bodybuilding. So Jonah, what's next? Well, uh, it makes sense now to kind of discuss the history of bodybuilding, you know, when it started, 
uh, why it started maybe. And uh, yeah, sort of give a timeline up till now because it has yeah. been around for quite a long time. Yep. Longer than you think probably. I think um, what's probably good to drop in here and I'm just going to do it anyway is a quote from Socrates. That's, he said, um, what a disgrace it is for a man to grow old without ever seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. And if that doesn't give you an idea of just how old bodybuilding is, then then I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Socrates <laughs> doesn't agree with you. Um, that's a good quote to start with. Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of well up here. You cannot argue with Socrates. You just, you just don't. If anyone didn't know, uh, Socrates was a Greek man. Um, and he basically says a lot of wise things. That's kind of what he's renowned for. That's um, just... And if you hadn't already assumed from that, Greece is one of the places where bodybuilding or sort of the old versions of bodybuilding first sort of started to arise. And you can see it in the, you know, statues uh, they used to make. They're always, you know, really broad shoulders, big pecs, six pack abs, um, and often a little willy as well. They love getting willy on the statue. That's not quite. <laughs> yeah. They quite. never, they never leave that out. Yeah. Um, even, you know, the far, there's a sort of statue called the Farnese Hercules, uh, which dates back to uh, 216 AD. And if you look at him now, I'm actually looking at the picture now, and he he's a specimen. Let me yeah. tell you, they they definitely. Uh, I think it was in their culture. They they really um, they really uh, adored, or they valued quite highly um, physical fitness. Like it was one of the highest, like valued kind of aspects of of their people. Like as a population, they just really appreciated people who were physically capable and fit. Yeah, absolutely. But, no, the like looking at it though, they used to like the ways of their training in ancient Greece was like, I mean, they didn't exactly have Olympic barbells and stuff like that, and they didn't have, you know, rowing machines or, <laughs> or like. Um, any of the sort of equipment you might see in gyms today but they made do didn't they with like kind of st- lifting stones they did quite a lot of calisthenics yeah, as well. yeah loads they're very very well the spartans were you know warriors not only because of their sort of mentality but just generally very very fit in lots of different areas yeah. um and yeah in you know actually i think it's eight ancient egypt greece uh both places they used to do stone lifting traditions yeah. Where, as you can probably guess, they would lift stones, and they weren't they weren't so much, you know, getting stones are just stones. They wouldn't know how much they would weigh exactly, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, they definitely were trying to build muscle from a very, very early, early time. Yeah, I saw actually in uh, ancient Egypt as well. They used to um, do like gymnastics and heavy lifting as well. So um, they used to do an activity called sack swinging, <laughs> um, which is not what you think it is. It's a shame. Um, <laughs> where um, it was apparently compared to our kind of modern day clean and jerk lift and weightlifting. So that's that's quite interesting. So it seems like quite a lot of different cultures had their own version of weightlifting, really. It's a shame they, they changed it to, to clean and jerk. Yeah. Sack swing it's actually got more ring to it. I do like a good sack swing. Behave yourself. But yeah, no, um, Egypt, Greece, I'm sure a lot of other places, but they're the most prominent ones we found yeah. when we looked it up. I think um, Greece is an interesting one because you get you get like almost two like two ends of the physical like spectrum, like or maybe two key motivator two key motivation. <laughs> we'll start that again. <laughs> you get um two key motivators for actually exercising. Like you mentioned the Spartans earlier, and they were just purely focused on 
exercising to become good professional soldiers and their studies really did focus just on physical fitness and kind of obedience to authority yeah it was how to kill at all costs it didn't really matter about the aesthetic or anything like that absolutely absolutely but then you compare that to the people of athens who would often like have they would have other jobs side jobs but exercise was also of a massive importance to them and massive value and then of course we see that because they formed what is known as the olympics where they would compete every four years and even back in ancient greece they would still do things like they would train for almost 10 months in preparation for these sporting activities and in the run-up they would they would have specialized sport sports coaches specialized training regimes and they'd even go on to like specialized diets so kind of doing this stuff has been with us for a long time yeah um and you probably would have guessed already that to be honest greece i feel like greece start everything yeah (laughs) they really they really kind of nailed uh the olden days um but eventually western weightlifting did develop in europe i think it's between about 1880 and 1953 i say i say i think that's quite a very specific date yeah and it's quite a big Um, gap to to give (laughs) it was a slow process they didn't rush these things you know it happens delicately uh but yeah they they would sort of it was kind of more strongmen than uh, bodybuilding but regardless they would although the focus wasn't on the physique uh they would still challenge each other uh in public yeah sort of the strongest um but then in those days uh, these sort of strongman competitions or the earlier types at least uh, they would have quite large bellies and fatty limbs rather than you know the chiseled look that uh, people strive for today the strong men and stuff you'd often see them in the circus um, and that's where that's where you would basically if you were training as a strong man that's probably your career path that you would take but modern bodybuilding as we know it can actually be accredited to a man named Eugene Sandow Indeed. A German bodybuilder who was born in 1867. and He's actually known as the father, isn't he? The father of bodybuilding. He is, yeah. It's, this guy is really, really interesting, actually. Um, in 1901, he organised what was thought to be the first modern bodybuilding competition, um, which actually, interestingly, was judged by Arthur Conan Doyle, um, so the, the author of Sherlock Holmes, which... <laughs> Took me by surprise. There's a link there, but I'm not the one to find it. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> certainly not. But this he's a big deal, isn't he, Eugene? Yeah, Eugene's kind of the man. If you you know, if you're into building muscle, you gotta thank Eugene for that. Uh yeah. and he was he was in pretty good shape, especially in those days, you know, diet and science was nowhere near it is now. And he still managed to maintain a very muscular physique. And I guess he sort of came to England. People thought, I'd like a bit of that. And they got a bit of that. And sort of from then on. Uh, bodybuilding as we know it today kind of started developing um, as the years went by and it became more and more mainstream because of course at the beginning it wasn't like you know everyone would do it they'd be sort of uh, specific types of people or they'd be not freaks but they would be um, not every member of society uh, you know uh, yeah. but then as time went on it became more and more mainstream yeah it's definitely become more popular in recent times and even now though there's like Eugene it can still be he can still be seen and his legacy can still be seen in modern bodybuilding. Like the Mr. Olympia statue, it's actually a, a sculpture of Sandow himself um, that's handed out. So that's been given as the statue of Mr. Olympia since like 1977. So this famous figure that most of us have seen before is, is actually this guy. 
It's yeah. very. I, I think the way to describe him, there's a there's a word for it. I think it's uh, Grisillian. Uh, and apparently San, Sandow is a perfect Grisillian. And that means he has the ideal standard of body proportions. Do your research, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Feel so yeah. unprepared. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically that that may, means he's the way, he's the, the perfect uh, look. And as far as I'm aware, when they judge Mr. Olympia and all these competitions today, they still use uh, the Grisillian physique to judge. Oh. Um, so thanks, Eugene. Good guy. Did quite a lot for us. What an inspiration. Yep. So I guess that might be us for the history of bodybuilding. True. I mean, yeah, we kind of missed, say, like the last um, about, you know, 70 years. But frankly, what 70 years, you know? <laughs> Not important. Not All important. you need to know is Eugene was the man. <laughs> and from then on, it just got better and better. And I guess actually we could mention, to be fair, the... Uh, bodybuilding is only quite recently become so mainstream yeah you know um even in the days of Arnold schwarzenegger it was kind of uh it definitely wasn't as mainstream as it is now whereas these days pretty much every guy you meet has or still is you know um lifting weights yeah. to get you know that, that sort of big frame yeah. uh, i think it's only getting more and more mainstream as days go by frankly. yeah i think yeah de- definitely when i speak to like even my dad or like my uncles and stuff like they were never really that much into it in the past like well my dad's kind of was but like apparently in that sort of generation it just wasn't so it wasn't the done thing but it seems like now any guy you speak to you can pretty much guarantee that he spent some time in the gym everyone's got a story about how they were buff once (laughs) yeah yeah good well let's uh let's take another break and we shall come back we'll see you soon we're back and ready to plow some more information the boys will be boys are back plow plow is such a rogue (laughs) word yeah oh man i don't know why i chose it i've stuck with it now plow yeah i mean it creates vivid imagery it's fine so aggressive i'm embarrassed um so next section is we're now going to talk about why we do it. We've given enough background, maybe too much, you might say. Uh, and now we're actually going to discuss why people, and I say people, cause it's not actually just guys that bodybuild, um, uh, why people do it, uh, the negative and the positive motivators for both. So Ryan, why don't you kick us off with the positives? Well, I suppose one positive is you can get very, very swole. I mean, very slow if you really work hard at it. Yeah, you can. Um, others might be that it just feels good. I think if anyone's ever been to the gym before and lifted weights for some extended period of time, then you would get something that you call like a pump. And it's just, it just feels Chase amazing. the pump. Yeah, chase, chase it. that pump. I feel so like dog on powerful pump. when I've got that pump. And oh that yeah, is, your veins just... Mm-mm. Yeah, that itself is something to chase. Yeah. Um, I know as well that it's healthy, it's good for you. Um, so we spoke before about one of the great reasons to, or one of the benefits of weightlifting is just being overall healthier and in better condition. And I mean, that's that's good in this day and age. Kind of, we're seeing we're seeing that people aren't as healthy. So just any sort of exercise there is is really good for you. 
and the, the last point I've got written down here is exactly that. It's, Wait, you, you've it's re- you've written down? This is all from your head? <laughs> no, nah, I've, like... I've written it on the palm of my hand, but it's kind of rubbing away. <laughs> oh, sweaty palms. I, 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 I just wrote, um, good for you. So that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's it. That's it. And I said, end the podcast. <laughs> exactly. What a verdict it is. It, um, is. it is good though. Like there's a reason that we've both been into the gym. Like we've both had great experiences with weightlifting. Oh yeah, it's not for no reason. And of course, we'd be stupid to not mention for some people, not everyone's, it depends on uh, the taste, but often it can be, you can be seen as a more attractive or desirable mate to the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on um, your orientation. But yeah, and that is something we should mention because a lot of guys do lift weights to basically be big and muscly and attract girls. Yeah. Which sounds kind of, like old fat, like barbaric, um, and a bit like we're apes, which I guess technically we are. Um, but yeah, that is definitely a reason why people do it. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm fresh out of positives, positive motivators. I don't know about you, but I mean, yeah, I guess like the main attitude just to hold is like, can I exercise for any benefit and exercising in any sort of way as a way just to kind of exercise your body and feel good is always is always a really yeah. It improves your confidence for sure. You know, when yeah. you lose a bit of weight, put a bit of muscle, you definitely feel more confident and that bleeds into every aspect of your life. Uh, there's no, you know, the, in pretty much every way, you'll just feel a bit better. Yeah. Uh, you know, they always say, don't they? It's like, uh, look good, feel good. Or feel good, look good. I'm not sure which one, but I guess they both work. Yeah, both ways, both ways. But yeah, so that's the positive motivators. But um, a kind of concept that might be new for people is this idea of negative motivators um, yeah. so sort of reasons that are motivating you to go to the gym and lift weights and to build your body that are maybe not so such great reasons to be doing that for um yeah there's there's quite a few of them so if if you got a point there jonah i do yeah uh so one of the big ones uh the negative motivators uh, I would say probably the one that m- was most noticeable to me uh, when I was like researching was that um, actually, as I touched on just before about like attracting um, members of the opposite sex, <laughs> that which sounds really did not take too long to, to come back around. And go yeah, on. it really didn't. Uh, so you guys said it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because although I guess objectively that's all well and good, it then kind of means you're doing it for very different reasons not for yourself and you kind of create that expectation to be muscular yeah. uh, for other people and therefore if you at any point were to not be as muscular for some reason you would kind of feel like well a you're far less desirable and b you've lost a sense of yourself in a way yeah you lose quite a lot of control over yourself in that way oh yeah you are you're kind of you're giving yourself over to external factors that aren't really in your control yeah your entire aesthetic is kind of uh, governed by what people you fancy think of you yeah which is a pretty pretty thin ice to skate on but it's that you say like sexual attraction can be a negative motivator but it kind of falls under the category of exercising for appearances which is something that i actually there's been a lot of studies into um, and something i found really quite interesting in reading is this idea that if you are exercising purely for appearance appearances only um, there can actually be a greater impact on your body dissatisfaction. Um, so people who are actually 
gen people who are actually like genuinely just working out to get bigger will maybe ex or, or would have a greater chance of experiencing negative mental health impacts than those who are actually exercising just to to feel good and to to stay healthy and to stay fit yeah and that's actually really interesting um i think a lot more people than we would first assume do suffer with that sort of negative motivator for sure i think so i think maybe more so now than ever because social media is massive now in, in the last kind of 10 years we've seen the rise of like instagram and well in, instagram mainly because you're you're comparing pretty much idealized versions of of people to your sat at home on your arse sort of <laughs> like image so it's it's yeah, not it's, great it's not a it's great difficult. comparison even for, you know, it's it, at the moment in lockdown, some people maybe don't look exactly like they used to yeah. uh, before the whole thing happened. And it's kind of like, you know, you already don't feel great about yourself and bang, there's an absolutely shredded yeah. guy who looks way better than I probably ever will. Yeah, It's not what you really want to see. And it really does kind of, I guess you're down more than anything, yeah. you know, I it's think not easy for people to see that. What, what's difficult as well is it's, it's always there like in the past if you were to um if you were to like look at models and celebrities and things like this like you're only really exposed to it for as long as you're sat watching the tv or reading a, a magazine but nowadays everyone's just on their phones so much and it's just you can be <laughs> it can be first thing in the morning and you're seeing an idealized photo of someone with a, a six-pack or it can be last thing at night and you're seeing someone with guns as big as your head like it's yeah. I mean, it, it's relentless, isn't it? And that's, yeah. that's the access to media of lots of different types. It's a burden and a curse as much as it's sort of a luxury because you have, can't escape it. Have you ever taken a, a topless pick, Jonah? A six-pack pick? You shut your mouth. <laughs> you... But no, no, serious question. Have you have you taken <laughs> a post-gym photo of yourself before? I have. On a, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm not, but, yeah, I have. And did you send that to anyone? Uh, I choose not to disclose it. <laughs> well, I'm going to assume you did. But when you sent that photo... I did, you... I did. <laughs> to my mum. It was to me. <laughs> <laughs> but when you sent that photo, did you send the first one you took or did you take many photos and then send it? Did you edit it? Did you put a little filter? I bet you did. I didn't put a filter. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm a pure man. But, you know, I doubt it was the first one I took, if that's yeah, what you're asking. Exactly. And that's that's the point that... I'm sort of raising is people posting images of themselves on Instagram. They've gone through about 50 different pictures, decided on the best one of themselves, put a little touch up on it and posted it out there for the world to see. You're not seeing them sat down with their sort of belly rolls. That's, that's not what you're going to see. <laughs> of that phrase, belly rolls. And also there's, you know, Photoshop, obviously. It's kind of an obvious yeah. one. A lot of people, more people do you think do use Photoshop. I yeah. haven't, um, but I know Ryan does. So, I do regularly. so you know, there you go even us <laughs> but i actually saw a really interesting thing as well is um there is a theory that seeing now seeing like peers and people your like people your age and your own friends like posting pictures like these on social media is actually more impactful to your negative body image than even seeing celebrities and um you know like influencers doing this like seeing that that being sold that dream that you know, being big, anyone can do it if they work hard enough or being fit and healthy, anyone can do it if they work hard enough. And if you're not doing it, you're lazy. That's that's a big factor and a big false motivator. Yeah. I think when you see your friends, uh, you know, when you kind of have to see your friends looking good or whatever, then you kind of think, okay, well, 
these celebrities, they're kind of, I don't know who people are. They could be made up for all I know. Yeah. But with your friends, you see them, you kind of think, okay, well, that's kind of achievable. So therefore, why am I not doing as well as them? Yeah. It's and that constant it, comparison and it just kind of weasels in. Exactly. And then it comes back to yourself. You blame yourself for not not having the motivation or the, the dedication like other people yeah. do, but that shouldn't be the case. And so what do you do? You feel rubbish and you get yourself a little snack to cheer you up. And then that's the problem. Exactly. I mean, I shouldn't say that's a problem. It's not a problem, but you can see what our point is there. Exactly. Exactly. I read um, a really interesting thing to just kind of go a little bit away from like um, social media and Instagram. Um, something called Bordeaux's theory of physical and social capital. <laughs> right. That sounds fun. Cat- it's a catchy name. Yeah. <laughs> it also makes me I, sound, I forget that. <laughs> makes me sound smarter than I am. But um, it was quite an interesting concept that um, the way we use our bodies depends on your social class. So the way that you use it and the way that you view it depends on your status. Um, so the argument in that theory is that um, actually like kind of working class people would see their bodies more as um, like a tool and a way of making money. And um, so they might be more motivated to, to develop strength or to develop cardio. But there is an argument that the kind of richer classes might view their body as like a project almost. And I guess that's where you could get a little bit further into like muscle building and bodybuilding. That makes sense, actually, I guess. Because even if you think back to, you know, olden days, Victorian times, the wealthy would have uh, more, you know, an aesthetic thing, more kind of well primitive makeup and wigs and dresses and stuff. Whereas the working class would more be like, my body is useful to me because it is effective at doing what I need to do. So if I work in the coal mines, I need to have, you know, good stamina so I can keep doing it for a long time and, strong muscles to be able to lift the coal yeah. whereas i guess when people are wealthier they don't have to really work as hard well it's quite generalization back in the old days at least and so therefore they'd say well okay i can use my body for kind of like a uh, display rather than a tool yeah definitely i kind of i noticed it myself we've both worked in kind of you know like bar jobs and hospitality and stuff and um like now i'm like working in an office and everything well working from home really but um i have noticed that like the, the different attitude from myself so when I was working in a bar and having to carry up like crates and crates of beer from the cellar up like two flights of stairs um I definitely felt that my body was much more of a tool at that stage and like after work I just wasn't as motivated to go to the gym and do like heavy lifting because as far as I was concerned I was already getting like the kind of training that I needed at that time but so I wasn't really particularly bothered about getting big arms or a big chest but the more I'm kind of sat in an office environment and sat not doing anything, then the more I actually want to go out and lift, lift specific weights and target special muscle groups to to kind of get there. And to I like, I like how you said specific weights, yeah. like just this one dumbbell. No, just, it is just one dumbbell. It, dumbbell. It weighs three kilograms and my <laughs> getting like five reps on it now. <laughs> Big boy. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's totally true. Uh, when I've worked at like, you know, bars in the past and stuff, it's kind of, been more i've still gone to the gym but i would certainly feel less like i needed to because the work's kind of more physical but when i've been studying around you know exam time or something then i feel like i definitely need to go to the gym because i need some sort of movement you know yeah exactly i actually forgot where you went to talk about this point now i don't even know Uh, positive negative motivators and just some general stuff (laughs) why we bodybuild i guess Mm mm-hmm 
Well, now you know why why yeah. we do it. <laughs> exactly. So, um, have you got anything else to, to add to this topic? Not that we haven't really touched on already. Um, I think I'd like to say we did a pretty good job. I don't want to toot the own trumpet, but yeah, I can't think of anything we missed. I can't think of anything we missed either. So, look yeah. through your notes on your hand. And then have a quick look and see if you... Yeah, they've all rubbed away at this stage. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I've, I've found a flawed system, so... If only they invented something that. that you could write on other than your hand, that would be so useful. <sighs> yeah, man. We'll get there one day. Technology one day. will catch up. One day. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we should take another little break, Jonah. And yeah, just a little one. Just a little one. And we shall be back. And we are back. And I think at this point, we've covered quite a lot of general stuff with bodybuilding. Uh, but we decided to go on now and discuss the all-important association between masculinity and bodybuilding. Is that right, Ryan? That is that is correct. Because, Good. I mean, it's one thing that we all think of, isn't it? You're manly man with big guns and big pecs. That's the sort of classic stereotype and classic image, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's that kind of thing. If you if you have in your head now, some the average person our age in this era, if you have in your head manly man, you think like you know, big lumberjack, you know, the classic like massive so like shoulders, big arms, all that kind of thing. That is the image we associate with man manliness, which is kind of like interchangeable with masculinity. Yeah. And maybe that's not quite right. Maybe. Who knows? We're here to question I mean, that. We should, we really should, <laughs> we, we we should, should know. know. <laughs> you should know. But I mean, why do people associate it with being manly and masculine? Um, I guess you could take two different routes with this. It could be simply the appearance of being manlier. As we say, it's like associated with your superheroes and um, people of strength to have big muscles. So if you want to appear manlier, it could make you more attractive to um, to everyone really the opposite sex or whoever might be attracted to you um but it can also it's reported that some people actually feel manlier when after they've been having like a weightlifting session i can relate or, to that yeah, yeah like it is a, it is a weird I, I feel feeling. more manly after after yeah. a big gym session or if you're putting on muscle you yeah. do feel more manly and maybe like you're not really more manly you just have bigger muscles so it's weird that we attribute them together but i definitely do feel more manly and you're yeah. probably with the same yeah, absolutely. I feel I feel very kind of like you know strong, powerful, and uh, yeah, definitely more of like a man. But it's weird because why does it make us really feel like a man? And what what is being manly altogether? Like well, we say, exactly. it makes That's you more manly, but what's the scale? Yeah, we do we even know what this word means. Yeah, and it's I guess you know in older times, in a more kind of primal sense, if you're bigger and stronger, then you're probably going to be able to defend your pack, right? Yeah, more access to females, general sort of evolution. Um, the laws of that but in these days it doesn't make as much sense because we're not you know we don't fight over food anymore well not physically most of the time um and we don't you know fight other males for males again we actually can do that sometimes on nights out not me as a mean ryan but men in general <laughs> and but on course. the whole we're more civilized than the average ape chimp or whatever um but when you look at the research that kind of idea is slightly misinformed because when people watch packs of chimps any types of apes it's not often that the alphas so to speak are you know battering everything else of course they fight when the time arises that's 
very well known, but in most cases, the alpha is defined by looking after the rest of the pack. Um, so the females, the children, all that kind of thing. And I guess in a chimp sense, you'd say masculinity is doing that rather than just being massive, you know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you say that like it, you can be massive and aggressive, but really you're not really contributing anything to your friends or family or in a chimp sense, like to the pack. But exactly. just having that sort of maybe like strength of character could come across as, as manlier. True, but now when we talk about it, and this is, and everyone listening will be able to tell, we don't script this at all. It's very much off the cuff. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. But thinking about it now, about what is really manly, being muscly isn't manly or masculine. Sometimes people are manly or masculine and they might be muscly too. But if you aren't muscly or you look, you know, different, whether that be skinny or just different from the average person, but you're confident in yourself in that kind of way and you pull it off because you want to, is that not the most manly thing ever to do? Yeah. Is that not really being manly is being like bold and confident enough in yourself, regardless of having muscles or any of that being manly is being confident in kind of who you are, not to get cringy or too deep about it. Yeah, absolutely. But like, like kind of having the strength of character and that sort of belief yeah. in yourself and confidence. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. You're absolutely Cause right. Because I, I remember recently I was reading, you know, Harry Styles, he kind of like blends the lines between male, female clothing, that sort of thing. And he gets ripped because he's a you know, skinny guy uh, and doesn't dress, I guess, stereotypically manly. And everyone says, oh, he's kind of like, he's really girly and he's not masculine. But I was kind of reading it. I was like, but he kind of has the balls to dress how he wants to. He doesn't need to be big and muscly. He looks the way he wants because he lives his life, you know, and is happy. Is that not what being manly is and masculine rather than just being muscly? Because he's, you know, got a frame that some people would say, oh, he's feminine, but is he? Because I don't see any other guys that are ballsy enough to just be themselves and own it like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, in a way, if we come back to like bodybuilding, I think like a lot of the time you could see someone in the gym who is there to put on a front. Like, so mm. the, kind of, the bigger your muscles are, the more kind of people, the more people will just kind of stay away from you or maybe not like, maybe not, you know, confront you on your opinions or or things like or beliefs or things like this so you don't actually have to have that strength of personality it could be like a total front for an, a replacement almost for this and almost channel, channeling their insecurities and anxieties into the gym to at least have something to fall back on exactly like you build up these muscles it's a joke isn't it it's like when the gym's closed for lockdown gym boys have to find a new personality yeah, because yeah. it's like they aren't really secure in themselves, which is weird. Because you see someone muscly and you think, "Whoa, they're you know a big guy." Like yeah. they definitely know what it's all about, sort of thing. But do they? Because not in all cases, of course, but in a lot, I reckon that the muscles, like you say, the muscles are there because the other stuff isn't, which exactly. is fine. But it does point to perhaps a truth that a lot of people aren't ready to hear, and that is that bodybuilding sometimes isn't for the right reasons. Exactly. I remember one time I was in. Um, one of the gyms in Glasgow and there was this guy he was massive probably one of the biggest guys I've seen just like naturally in a gym like okay. really big like kind of other than you of course yeah but he had like very it was clear like bodybuilding muscles like he was very toned as well as muscular um but he just had this sort of personality where like he was going around just talking to everyone so like he didn't have the intense like focus that you might think of like a kind of a beast in the gym. Like he was just coming up to anyone really like talking and to the extent that 
there was like newcomers in the gym and he was just going over and just having a casual chat with them like oh hi how are you doing today oh this is what I've been doing this is what uh, I've been up to and everything and it was almost like not to like judge someone but it was a nice statement coming up for Ryan Bothwell (laughs) it was clear that he was just like insecure in himself and then for me I sort of seen a bit of a correlation with that insecurity and perhaps the need to put on muscle to compensate for that now that might have been just a very (laughs) brief psychoanalysis which um, whoever this guy was he's just been done (laughs) yeah I've just read into but I I found that really quite kind of curious and I've seen similar cases before as well I've seen quite a few cases that would maybe fall in line with similar experiences to this guy yeah and I agree that and I think that important to mention is also that you know as much as you can't sort of say that people who um lift muscle are just sort of not lifting the right reasons and this and that and stuff you also can't just assume because someone's bodybuilding that they a they have nothing else going for them or b you know because that's just as bad it's two sides of the same coin yeah exactly Uh, those individual cases aren't there of course yeah and realistically you know guys that bodybuild some of them maybe do it purely because they just want to look good and they don't really ever think it that much. And it could be they're driven by unconscious factors or it could be they just like to lift big weights because they want to keep fit, whatever. It's not as simple as, you know, bodybuilding is bad because you do it for this reason. Yeah, It's more a case of everyone's different, but it's important to really fire the point home that being muscly isn't what makes you masculine yeah. at all. And you can be masculine and muscly at the same time, but you can be the most manly, so to speak, man in the world without having a speck of muscle on you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I got yeah. the deep there. I, no, do you have I, a tear in your eye? I do have a tear in my eye. I do have a tear yeah. in my eye. Um, I actually saw something that was interesting as well. Um, and obviously we're talking about like people going to the gym and trying to feel more manly as well. And we spoke about it before, but it seems that more people go to the gym now than than really before in terms of like our modern times. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really sort of interesting theory that I saw was that as we are shifting from sort of a perspective that focuses on like occupational that identity so um instead of people like concentrating on what they do for a living we're starting to focus a little bit more on our physical like identity so in yeah. the past like you might have viewed someone as being manly who was down the coal mines or um I don't know what's another manly job <laughs> on a construction site. <laughs> I'm really exhaustive, exhaustive I'm list there. <laughs> on like a construction site. But like the more you start seeing people in like office jobs and just kind of the nine to five, then we've stopped really associating jobs with manliness as much in our modern culture. Um, so yeah, this is perhaps seen an uptake in the gym to try and actually compensate somehow and have some sort of express some sort of masculinity in our identity. Yeah. You know, if you work a nine to five job, nine to five job, sorry, and you don't feel like you're, you know, slaving away, smashing rocks or in a coal mine. I assume that's what men used to do. I honestly, I'm not that sure. But manly things or manly jobs. Yeah, it makes sense that you would then express that urge to be masculine or to feel masculine in lifting massive weights in the gym, for example. So changing with the times, we change with them. Exactly, exactly. And maybe it is that urge that, we might have to try and somehow express masculinity in some form. Maybe. And I guess these questions are kind of all part of the same question. 
Yeah, of course. I and mean, I it's, guess the, it's the point of this podcast, isn't it? It is the point. A question mark is your logo. So we, yeah. we didn't question um, everything. And I think the thing about the questions we will always ask in this episode and going on is they don't, they don't have answers. They're not always like, this is how it is. There we go. Answer solved. You know, that was the problem. Here's the solution. Like I said, it's a discussion. And I think the best way to give a synopsis of this whole topic has been that bodybuilding isn't good or bad. It's just a thing. Often it can be very, very good. And at times it can be, you know, rather bad. It just depends on the person and why they're doing it. But what's important is to not blur the lines, although media might tell you to, between masculinity and having big muscles. Because frankly, the two have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely correct. And I think that the key thing there is is the motivators for actually for carrying out that bodybuilding activity. And it's, uh, yeah, making sure you're doing things for the right reasons and asking yourself why you're getting involved in these things. And quite just as you say, taking away that that connotation of bodybuilding and masculinity because that's that's a thing that really shouldn't be connected not at all however all this talk after this i'm gonna go and pump some iron i'm gonna get, <laughs> might, I'm gonna get massive. blast out a couple of reps yeah i'm not even gonna tell you why you know <laughs> you know why um but yeah i i think that's kind of the conclusion we just gave there yeah i think it felt so. like it was coming naturally to an end yeah I think so. Feel that? I think so. Yeah, and for me, I just quite enjoyed looking into this topic and learning a bit more about it, and just having this discussion to understand why we do what we do. Definitely, it's, it's super interesting to just sort of learn more about things that we do because we're doing them at the end of the day. And we said, like at the start, me and Ryan both lift weights and you know keep fit, whatever. But do we always know why we're doing things? Sometimes we're driven by these motivating factors that we aren't even aware of. So if anything, hopefully we've maybe helped shine a light on some of the factors that motivating you. And if it's masculinity, check yourself. <laughs> As always. <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time. Oh, it's awkward goodbye thing. I know. I'll just I never say... know what to do. <laughs> right. Just say goodbye on three. Bye. One, two. No, no, call it. Three. Click adios. It. <laughs>